Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to another edition of PC85 Plays Candela Obscura for the month of October here on the Pontilla 1985 Network. I am your Game Master Double H, and tonight, pray to God, we get out of the Exhibition Hall in, in Briarwood College. Um, <clears throat> briefly, let me introduce your cast. As always, before we get started, beginning with the creator of Podzilla 1985, playing Jonathan Strangeway is Shannon Young. Oh, sorry, I wasn't prepared for this show, Hunter. I was busy uh, today. I I couldn't stop listening to the newest episode of Hollow's Eve Tales Season 2, Tabula Rasa. Have you heard it, Civil Twilight? It's fantastic. I have. Interestingly enough, I'm not just. Uh, I'm not. What is it? I'm not just a customer. I'm also the the operator. The yeah, I made it. I made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing Margaret Stockwell is Lindsay Wolfgong. Hello. Maybe I'll get to hurt someone today. Oh, it probably will be me. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> playing Patchy Tumble is uh, Ethan Craig Miles. Hello, I also downloaded Eve Online. <laughs> you did it just now, in this yes. very moment. Mm -hmm. Playing Lawrence Dane is uh, uh, Stephen Bright. God will sort the dead. <laughs> he sure will, buddy. And playing Elgin Abottomley is the man himself, Tanner Calvert. There is a spider, spider, spider. It's only better because you roboted out, so it went there. <laughs> Hunter, really quick, can I make a quick announcement? Yes, I wish you would. So if the show sounds a little weird, it's because I am now on my third version of a computer. Um, and I had to do it all again from scratch. Here's the funny thing. I took my Alienware to the store today to see if Billy uh -huh. could help me fix it because it had broke. Turns out we're pretty sure the reason it broke and the reason I was having issues with it to begin with was because the cable from the hard drive to the motherboard or whatever was busted. So Billy replaced that uh -oh. cable and it immediately worked perfectly. So now I'm thinking I didn't have to buy uh -oh. all this. If I had just uh -oh. taken uh -oh. it Billy no. first. Yeah, you need a better setup though. That's true. And here's the good news. Coming soon to Gaming Grounds, a $1,000 R12 <laughs> Alienware computer. Seriously. You yep. sell that That's shit. That's pretty great. Yep. That's pretty yep. great. I love it. Um, what would I get for a discount, Shannon? The discount is it's a $2,000 computer I'm selling for $1,000. That's the discount. <laughs> <laughs> the discount is he told you about it before he put it in the case. That's true. That's the, that's yeah. the discount. <laughs> Um, we have all sorts of announcements and things to, to get to uh, at the end of the night here, although I do want to briefly mention, yes, we are right in the thick of October, which is the biggest month here pretty much at this point in uh, PZ85. As Shannon mentioned earlier, episode four of uh, The Howl's Tale season two aired yesterday. That means there is just one episode left to go next Monday uh, before we get to the big blowout for, for October. Um, and we've got tons of other stuff to talk about in just a little bit. But if this is your first time tuning into this show this month, I'm going to strongly encourage you to go back and check the previous episodes labeled Candela Obscura. Otherwise, this is going to be very confusing. Uh, and while you go do that, we're going to move right along. <laughs> so when we left... Uh, Last week, when we left our, our Halen heroes, you guys have, uh, for some time now, been inside a, a major exhibition hall at Briarbank College, the uh, memorial 
fair has been on, ongoing and, of course, interrupted uh, by a strange and very disturbing event. Um, you officially formed your Candela Obsur- Obscura Circle at the end of last week's episode, the Circle of the Empty Eyes, uh, and Octavia left to leave you to your devices. You formed a plan. You left the uh, the meeting room where you were hiding and unfortunately walked face-to-face into the person who Jonathan uh, is impersonating uh, through the use of his his bleed-enhanced magic. So basically, like looking into a mirror, um, this officer <clears throat> who you had encountered previously named uh, Eddie Fitzsimmons uh, was carrying a glass of water that he was actually planning on bringing back to Jonathan. He dropped it while looking you, uh, Jonathan, as Eddie, directly in the eye, and he started to scream, Ah! And that's where we had had cut it off. We actually so, have audio of his scream. Oh my god! It sounded just <laughs> like that. That's the craziest <laughs> part. Uh, so briefly, Jonathan had yes. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I was I was gonna make it. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so so briefly before we get started, and we're gonna pick up right where we left off for what it's worth. Does anyone have any questions? Yes, I have one. Yes, please go ahead. How can I get out of this situation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if only you had the the, the wizard, wizard key, key. then perhaps. <laughs> um, I, I will say that, like I said, we are going to pick up literally right where that left off. This is a game that does not work on an initiative system. Again, combat is very loose and free-flowing when it is combat. Basically, encounters are very free-flowing and open-ended and, and subject to the narrative. So anyone who wants to do something will have the ability uh, to to step in and do so. Okay. I'm going to punch him. Oh, yeah, I was getting ready to say, I'm just going to hurry yeah. up and step up and punch him while he's yeah, screaming. As, as soon as I saw him and he starts to scream, just out of reaction, I'm just going to punch him directly in the face to try to knock him out. Okay, well, we're going to literally pick right up there then. Uh, like like the end of a previous episode of television, you get the recap, it cuts to black, and then it immediately comes right back to that scene of Eddie Fitzsimmons just screaming directly in your face. The double doors behind him that lead out into the main exhibition hall uh, are almost closed, but not quite. So you know there's a possibility that he's been heard regardless. Uh, but you, uh, Jonathan, are face-to-face with him, and so you you want to punch him? That's the idea? Uh, actually, can, uh, no. Um, instead of immediately punching him, because I I just opened the door, right? Like no, he me. opened the door, right? But, but he, like, uh, oh, oh yeah, 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 to the to the conference room, yes. Right. So basically, I would like to reach out, grab him, and yank him into that other room, into all of us, and, instead of uh, you know, just punching him directly right there. I want to pull him into that room so we can, you know, either okay. all beat him, or maybe I could talk some sense into him. <laughs> Okay, so because you're going to kind of try to manipulate him in this sense, if it had just been a punch, I would have made it a strike roll. In this case, I'm going to let you choose either strike or control is what you're going to need to roll here. Let me see what I'm good at. Either way, I'm spending a drive to help you. Uh, control. All right, so that's going to give you... Okay, so you've got one uh, point in control. Right. Uh, Margaret's going to spend a drive. She's going to spend a, a nerve drive to give you another dice. you got two dice there, no gilded, though. All right, so you also can spend your own drives if you like. So that would be if I spent my own drive, it would be a three d six, right? Correct. Well, you can spend as many as you want, but one drive would get you up to three. Yes. I'll do. I'll do a drive because this is one of the things I don't want to screw up. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, I want Margaret real quick while he's making this roll. So this is a three d six, Margaret. What are you doing to help here? 
Um, if he's pulling him into the other room, I am probably getting the door, being ready to reshut it behind us once we're in there. Gotcha. Sounds good. All right, Jonathan, make that roll. All right. I'm going to roll each one individually to create more stress. Here's the first one. Absolutely. Uh, it's a four. Okay. Here's so you the, know you've got a mixed success on the table here. Here's the second one. Never mind. I'll hey. six. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, for your third, because if you get two sixes, then uh, that's Yeah, bad. that's true. All right. Tanner, that's correct. Uh, Tanner, can you pray on this for old time's sake? I'm, I'm going to pray on this. All right. Well, that's a four. It's a well, four. At least I got a six. Yeah. Okay. All right. But a six is a success. That's what you want. Um, so Eddie drops the glass, looks at you, starts screaming, and the moment that he gets any sound out of his mouth, you clamp a hand over it and shove him behind you out of instinct. Margaret senses what's happening, grabs the door, opens it. Eddie goes flying into the room. He only gets his, his, his mouth unbidden for just a second there before the two of you slam the door shut behind you. The remaining ones of you are left out in the hallway. Uh, for what it's worth, we're going to come back to Jonathan and Margaret in just a second. Uh, the other three of you out in the hallway as the double doors to the exhibition hall close sort of behind where Eddie had come through, they're swinging back shut. You do hear a brief, what was that? from out there somewhere. Oh, good heavens. Uh, is there any other doors? I, ocular pad down in the surrounding area, is there any other doors to hide behind? Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, let's have you make a survey roll, Elk. Okay. You have... There it is. Scholar. There it is. You have two? two points in survey, standard, without spending any drives or anything like that. Same thing Shannon did. Rolled three of them all together, or not? Yeah, separately. I hope it treats. Okay, so, you, so you're gonna you're gonna spend a drive. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that'll put you down. Rightfully so. Yeah, because yeah. you got a one. One. Yeah, that's not great. Four. That's a mixed success. And a three. Okay. You got so four. Yeah, yep. four is a mixed success. Um, you glance around this hallway quickly. The the double doors that your compatriots just went in, um, obviously you could just go right back in the room that you all exited. But Elk, as a, as a learned young man, it occurs to you, kind of do the quick math in that split second. If you open those doors, there is a distinct possibility that if someone is coming your way, they're going to be able to see into the conference room where your uh, new compatriot just threw his doppelganger. And so that would probably not be great. Um, <clears throat> you could take off down the hallway uh, that you just went through. It is not particularly well lit. And again, it is storming outside. Again, it's now a little past midday. Um, so there's a distinct possibility that if you and the others take off down the hallway, uh, you might not be accosted, not necessarily not seen, but folks might not find you um, out of place. Uh, you get the idea that you, you've got one of two options here. You can sprint for it and try to not be seen at all, or you can sort of uh, walk casual, for lack of a better term, and try to kind of blend in. Uh, like in part. Try to blend in. That's a very assassin's okay. creed of you. I have no idea yeah. how I'm going to blend in in this, but I'm going to do that. So, we'll make a so work. Importantly, 
importantly, this is a group situation. Uh, the way that, that Kendall Obscura handles this is that the, whoever is sort of leading the group makes the role for everybody, and then others can spend drives to help. Um, so basically what, I, what I'm saying in game terms is that the three of you can choose uh, either move or hide whoever has the most in one and would like to be the leader of the group. <clears throat> I have two and hide and gilded, so <laughs> we have a decent chance that we can remain unseen. I have like Stephen Rowling in hide. Yeah, I, I yeah. and I have plenty of drives. I'm willing to spend another one, so that brings me down to two and cunning. So that should be three. Okay, and the two of you can also spend drives if you want to help. It would be a cunning drive to add to Lawrence there. He has three d six as it is. Yeah, I'll give him one. Ah, okay. shit, four. All, All right, righty. Lawrence, 46. Remember, one of the, the last one you roll last is Last one is gilded. gilded. Okay. Yep, so you can roll them all four together if you want, or you can roll them individually either all way. Right. Got a four, we got a five, uh-huh. a two, and gilded is successes. a two. Okay, so okay. I'll take the five. <clears throat> all right, so all those drives do remain spent. Nobody gets them back, but uh, as a as a mixed success, you get the idea that you could lead this group down the hallway, and uh, there are a handful of doors pretty good distance away. You're not going to make it before someone comes through, but you will probably be able to avoid detection. What do you do um, to, to accomplish that goal? Uh, basically, just tell them, calm down, follow me, and just keep casual and i look at patchy for a moment as best as you can <clears throat> she just kind of and looks like down at her costume up in the shirt or up at steven's character and just like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um lawrence is somebody who has had to blend in in a great many places a great many times you sort of instinctively rearrange the the folks with you so that elk is in the front um you've got uh patchy in the go- middle want- and yeah, I kind of want to be like almost. Well, I kind of want to block Patchy from the side. So if you're like walking down the hall and the sure. walls to her right, I want to be on yeah. her left side so that it it can kind of obscure her. Yeah, absolutely. She's, you you yeah. can you can definitely do that. Lawrence looks back so looks back at us and goes walks this way. <laughs> <laughs> So so the three of you take off down the hallway um, at a relatively measured pace. Lawrence, you're kind of um, leading. You're leading, hurting leading. Them. You're leading from yeah. behind. Yeah, basically <laughs> you're hurting them. That's a good term for it. Um, you do hear from behind you the doors not burst open, but definitely pop open with some authority. Uh, there are a couple of – there's like a little bit of – you see a glow of light kind of passing over. They certainly don't have flashlights, but maybe like a, a really nice electric lantern of some type. Mm-hmm. Um you get the idea that maybe their their eyes have fallen on you. Like you know what it feels like to have people's eyes on the back of your mm-hmm. head. Um, but you continue that measured pace. The first door that you come across to your right is slightly ajar, and it does not look like there is any light inside. Oh, we're going right into that. We're gonna right. we're gonna dip so, right in there. All right, so you duck into that door. You heard your compatriots in that way. You do not hear any further footsteps behind you. We will come back to the three of you in just a minute. Jonathan, Margaret, you uh, are in the conference room now with a very startled Eddie Fitzsimmons who has basically tumbled onto, as you kind of tossed him into the room, onto the conference tabletop. Uh, he's almost laid out like a sacrifice, right? Like he rolls over and is scrambling. He's going, what, what the hell? What the hell's going on? 
he's looking at you, Jonathan, and he's just like, he almost like, it's like he's reaching out to touch your face and like his other hand is kind of patting his own. He um, is bewildered. Would you say, was it a normal tumble he did or was it like a patchy tumble? Yeah, it wasn't great. It was very patchy. Gotcha. Also, every time I say that, I feel like I'm saying the word Apache, and I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> it's a tom- not what I'm going for. Buffalo. Um, <laughs> uh, I really don't know how to respond to this guy with my face, so I'm going to look over at Margaret and ask her, you know, you got a pro- protocol for this? I mean, if you want to know my protocol, I'm going to crack my knuckles and head over to put him in a sleeper hold. I'm going to look back at him and say, ooh. I just kind of shrug at him and go. Ugh, I he's tried. um he's doing he's doing that thing like where he's kind of up on up on his butt and he's got his his hands behind him and he's like scrambling backward. He's almost like crab walking on the table away from you. Uh, his voice, for what it's worth, is getting louder because he's starting to kind of get his wits about him that he's outnumbered and something is very very unnatural. So he is he hasn't screamed help yet, uh, but y- you can hear the like on the edge of his voice like right. he is so close i i would like to use my very handsome and care well i look like him never mind i'm gonna be i'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to calm him down i want to try to calm him down and just kind of you know do the put my hands out and go show don't come i can explain i can explain calm down calm down just give me a second give me a second give you a second okay. i'm you we're together give us a second okay Okay, um, uh, this is. I'm gonna have you make a sway roll, which I know you're very good at. I am going to make it very clear. This is a high stakes roll, right. so if you do not succeed, um, and there there is only so much success you can accomplish here for what it's worth. Uh, but if you do not succeed, it will it will be uh, not good. I'll give you another drive this time too. Okay, so that's 3d6, and the last one will be gilded. That's Unless five. you're spending one. That's a five. No, I'm just going to do the 3d6. Okay. That's, first one's a five. Second one's a okay. five. Oh, my gosh. It's a mixed success. And a five. Oh, oh my, my God. Oh, five. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, still accomplishes a uh, mixed success. Um, so what what do you say to him? Uh, just just to, to calm down, I can explain, and then I'm going to say it's me. It's Jonathan. It's Jonathan Strangeway. Calm down. I can, it's just an illusion. It's an illusion. It's one of my new tricks. Why did you say it like it's your rate? I don't. Uh, <laughs> that's my quote. You, you did the exact thing. Like, it's one of my new tricks. Um, that's my quote. He, and Eddie is, is still like scrambling back on the table. He does so so long that he ends up kind of you, you guys were sitting in some really nice, like appointed leather chairs around the, the conference table desk or the conference uh, table, like the, the, the lacquered table. He actually scrambles back into one of them and almost tips over and you sort of grab the arms and pull them back down to him. And you go, Hey, it's me. It's me. It's Jonathan. It's Jonathan Strangeway. I'm not you. I know I look like you, but I'm not you. Um, Eddie is is just like he's he's out of breath and he's he's still trying to figure out what's happening, and and he finally squeaks out a Mister Mister Strangeway, and he actually does now reach out and like pat your face. It's a very familiar touch because again he knows what his own face feels like, and so you can tell that he's he's still just flabbergasted. And he goes, "Oh, how are you? How are you doing this?" It's uh, it's just an illusion. It's magic. You know, I'm the best magician around. This is uh, this is one of my new tricks I was working on. I wanted to surprise you when you came back with my water. I didn't mean to give you a startle. My apologies. 
Well, you, you weren't... He kind of starts gesturing out the door. You, you weren't there. You said you'd be there. Well, you yeah. said you wouldn't leave. Who is she? And now he starts pointing at Margaret. He's he's very this, out of sorts right now. This is my new assistant. Um, I'm going to oh, arch oh, an oh, eyebrow oh, at you, oh, but I'll keep my mouth shut. This is my new assistant. Um, <laughs> salami. And then, I, and then I just look back at him and I just go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's still, he's still like rapid breathing and is very concerned. And he goes, oh, oh, this is, this is too much. He's still patting your face. I know, um, I know. That's why I wanted to give it a try. I wanted to see what kind of reaction I would get if I copied somebody. And clearly I need to work on the trick. Oh, oh. Oh, he puts his hand over his heart. He's a young man, so you're not concerned about him having a heart attack or anything, but he is he's very flustered. Um, as he starts to calm down a little bit, Eddie starts talking about, oh, oh, you gave me, you gave me such a fright. Uh, uh, but, okay, let's let's go then. I suppose we should, we should get back out there and, and wait for the captain. Well, well, hold on. Hold on, because if there were two of us out there, Everyone is gonna freak out and have the same reaction you just did. Oh, that is that's <laughs> that's that's why you're the why you're the magician, you know. And he, he taps his temple. Oh, that that makes sense. Um, so 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 do the 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 thing. He kind of looks at you. He's 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 well, starting to grin, like he's getting a little more you know relaxed. But well, he's expecting you to drop the facade. The problem is with this new trick. I just it it kind of wears off when it wears off it's it's very new spell binding magic that i've been doing but but you have you're being a great sport about this salami isn't he being a great sport about th- come on give it up for salami oh yes yes he is doing a wonderful job you should just take a rest here for a while yes you absolutely should and it'll be a great joke i'll go out there in your place and everyone will think that I'm you, and it'll be a fa- Isn't that a great story, Salami? Salami, kiss him on the cheek. Make him feel better. <laughs> I don't think he'd appreciate that right now. No, you're a very lovely... Isn't she a lovely lass? Salami is her uh, name. Well, well, I, I... I mean, I suppose I... Uh, you're gonna have to make a sway roll. Damn it! He's, <laughs> he's, this is this is a extremely high stakes. I mean, you got him calmed down, but he still is trying to follow protocol. This is a young guy. He's trying to climb the ranks of the periphery. All right. Got five in a row here. That's okay. four. Okay. So a mixed success. Come on, six. That's a five. five. That's a five. That's not bad. Okay. Uh, you take that five, you get a drive back, too, because that's your gilded. Oh, So yeah. any missing drive. You don't have to have oh, spent man. a drive on this roll to get one back. Cool. If you ever take nice. the result on a gilded die and you're missing a, a drive, you can get one back. Sweet. Okay. Um, so basically he, he is so flustered. Um, he he hears you and he's kind of listening to you and, and, and you've got a little bit of a hypnotic sway over him in the sense that he, he has seen your shows. He knows how good you are. Obviously he still can't believe this. He, by the way, continues to just keep leaning forward and just everyone's, how are you, how are you doing that? He's patting your, your cheeks or like ruffling his hands through your hair, which is his hair. Of course. Um, it feels strange because remember again, you you were just it's just an illusion, right? Uh, and and so he doesn't quite you know, you can tell that he also feels just like you do that something's off. Um, the end result of it basically is 
he he says, "Oh, you know, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I I need to relax a bit. Um, uh, I I can I can trust you to to, to go out there then and 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 wait for the captain." Of course, I I would never do anything to get oh. you in trouble. In fact, oh, thank you. You're being such a good sport about it. I tell you what, next show, and you know I'm in town all week, front row, backstage VIP. You are the man, and I thank you. Oh, oh, it's too, it's too much, sir. It's too no, much. Thank no. you. He starts. He reaches out and starts like vigorously thank, shaking your hand. Thank you. Thank Parker, you. He goes so over to you and give, and give it up. He man. goes to do the. He goes to do the same, and you see as soon as he like if if you'll let him like grip your hand as soon as he does, you see the look of like oh 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 that's quite a grip. It's quite a grip you've got there. He's very shocked. <laughs> That's why we call her Salami. <laughs> so he, Eddie leaves the room, and it's it's not clear where he goes. But you hear him leave, and you hear footsteps. Or I mean, you see you see him leave. Uh, the door is closed, and you hear footsteps leading away. He's gone. <clears throat> really. Well- Salami? Is that the best you could think of? The first thing I could think of. I'm hungry. You must be hungry. Let's go find the others. Yes, let's let's shall. I gotta work on my Irish accent. Oh, oh, salami! You gave me quite a scare. What do you think? Make it a little more panicked. (laughs) Oh, salami! You you gave me quite a square. Square. As soon, quite a square. As soon (laughs) as you start doing uh, the the voice, you feel this strange sensation come over you. It's like, how do I describe this? It's like if you were in a pool full of jello, like not quite set jello, and you come out of it, like you come through, you break the surface, and it just kind of sloughs off of you. Yeah. Nothing physically is, is coming off of you and landing on the ground, but you can feel that disguise melting away. Is it physically melting away or it just feels like it's going to? It's 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 going away. There, it, it is actively in this moment, Margaret. You see this happening. Um, I'm again, it's like and be like, we've wasted too much time. You, it's it's pretty unnerving. Time. It's pretty unnerving to watch for what it's worth. Uh, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna make you take a brain mark. Um, but if you hadn't known that this had happened, if you hadn't seen the transformation in the first place, you get the idea that it, it would probably mess you up mentally. Um, because, like I said, you're kind of just watching his... It looks like his skin just, like, droops. It's like a, like a snake shedding its skin. Only, again, as it falls, there's nothing falling. It just it's sort a, of... It's the, the disguise falls away. Chris, I'm going to uh, shake my head a bit of, about face from him so I don't have to watch yes. it anymore. Yeah, right. kind of. Well, once once I'm faded out completely, and I, I'm feeling my own face and everything again, I'm touching all the vital parts, if you know what I mean. And I'm making sure <laughs> that it's all back in place. I tell Margaret... Okay, I've got another idea. Now that he thinks I'm in on the trick and I can come out with my actual face, I'll go out and hobnob with the police and we'll talk about what a fantastic trick I did. You go catch up with the other guys and I'll be the distraction. How are you going to explain that Patchy's not with you? Uh, Patchy, no one remembers Patchy. The one thing about Patchy that you'll remember is that nobody remembers Patchy. Despite the fact that she looks like a clown, I can assure you she might as well be a piece of paper in a snowstorm. Marsh much? Patchy. I'll tell you about Patchy later. We don't have a lot of time. You go. I'll distract. I'm going to go be the celebrity that everybody knows I am. Fine. You go do your thing. Um, Real quick, because I'm, I'm going to toss you a bone on this one. Somebody remind me, who has the bleed container? 
Who has a bleed container? I have the bleed container, I and Lawrence the has the uh, detector. The detector. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because mm. we've had so much time in between sessions, remember that one of your goals is to get some sample of something from where Miss Montgomery um, met her demise, which, if I understand you correctly, is where Jonathan is headed. Headed. Because that's back out in the exhibition hall. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna. All right, hold up one second. I'm going to explain this to you very Wait. briefly. Okay, so let me let me. I had a game real quick. So I'm going to this. Where did the other guys go? They're hiding. The in rest of them, yeah, went further down the hallway away from the conference room where the two of you are. Oh, I thought they, they did not go back into the exhibition hall. See, I thought they were going to go check out the uh, the mess, but okay. Well, they they were, and then the periphery ah. heard them, and they took yes. off in the other direction. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now continue, Lindsay. I'm sorry. If you're gonna have a better chance of getting in there because you're hobnobbing, especially if the other guy like comes back into view with you, I'm gonna pull out the the bleed vial. This is what we use to take evidence back with, is specifically what we call bleed stuff from the flare. Don't touch it. Just put it in this. So I'm staring if at her. If you happen to see anything. I'm staring at her and I say, you use... And I, in a quick motion as I kind of look at her and I raise my hand up, I say, you use what exactly? That rubber chicken? And she looks it at her hand. It is not a rubber chicken. I've replaced the vial with a rubber chicken and now I now have the vial in my hand because I'm a magician. That's what I do. And then I squeeze the rubber chicken and it goes... Meh, meh. You could just hit the. You could hit the duck. Amongst us. Oh wait, I forgot that. Oh no, I want to do that. So I I squeeze, I squeeze it. It goes. (laughs) I don't know, man. She burned you too good in the interim. Oh, I didn't hear it. It didn't hit. I said, so we have two clowns with us. I'm gonna frown at her, (laughs) and I'm gonna shuffle my way to the door and go. Oh yeah, we'll watch this clown perform some magic. Make it happen, and I'm gonna head down the hall. All right, so Jonathan, you have now with you again. It's a, it's kind of like a, a pneumatic tube, like you'd use at the bank, like old school, you know, uh, the little containers, um, glass. It has like twist tops on it. Uh, it's fairly easily concealable, like in a jacket or something. But it is mm, about twice the size. You'd have to hold it with both hands to to hold the the full deal there. Um, so it's not like palmable or anything like that. Sleight of hand is is a little more difficult with something like this. Uh, so as you head back out toward the exhibition hall, we'll come back to you in just a minute, Margaret. Uh, you head the opposite way down the hallway. It's not immediately clear where your compatriots are, which is why we're going to transition back over to them. Lawrence, Elk, uh, uh, Apache, the three of you ducked into what seemed to be a fairly darkened room uh, off the side of the hallway. Not a double door, uh, a singular door. There uh, might have been a nameplate, but you didn't quite have time to look with the possibility of the periphery right there on your heels. Um, the room that you have entered, again, is is pretty dark. Uh, you do occasionally see a flash of light through what seems to be a window on the opposite side of the room as, as there is some lightning outside. Uh, but besides that, there's no immediate sound uh, or light in the vicinity. It's very dark. It's hard to see. What do you want to do? Uh, can I just like slowly inspect the room and fo- or focus to inspect the room? Or? Uh, as dark as it is, you can, but there's really, I'm not going to make you make a roll for it. Uh, even as your, your eyes are 
taking time to adjust. It's very difficult to make out anything immediately in the room without any source of light. Have any source of light. Dang. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick to the wall, like next to the door, and just kind of like put my body up against it. Okay. Uh, I yeah, I want to get close to the door, and I want to listen for anyone coming down the hallway. Okay, uh, you do hear one set of of footsteps. Um, it's only clear to you that it is one person. You cannot make out anything more about this person in general. Okay, it's a I... plush carpeted hallway, so mm -hmm. you know what type of shoes or anything like that. All you know is that there is someone coming in your direction from the direction you came from originally. Okay, um, is there any lock on the door? Or something I can kind of like jam up against the door just in case they might want to try following us in. There, there is actually a deadbolt on the door. <clears throat> you, you can feel around because you're close enough to where it's cracked. Uh, you're yeah. getting a little light from out in the hallway, so you get the idea. If I open the door, it'll light up the room enough that I can at least see what I'm doing. Um, okay. But you could also close it, and you could deadbolt it as well. Yeah. That will cast the room in total darkness for what it's worth. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to stay by the door. I want to go ahead and make sure it like closes. I don't want to like slam it to make them... Uh, you know, apparent where we're at. Uh, just, you know, kind of like hold the door handle, kind of push it in, and then release the knob, yeah. if that's a turn. And then sure. do a deadbolt. Make a hide roll. Hide roll. That uh -huh. is two... I'm feeling pretty good. Let's just do the one. Oh, God. Let's hope the next one is okay. <laughs> yeah, because the next All one's right. a gilded one, too. Yeah. No! <laughs> Oh, no. Ooh. Uh, nice. Well, nice. So, nope, not now. He already made the roll. Yep. Okay. Yeah, um, yep. So for what, for what it's worth, you do have a resistance, or you can just take the failure. It's up to you. This this is, for what it's worth, not a high-stakes roll. Ooh, oh, shoot. What is resistance? It's basically just a failed roll. I get to re-roll. Like, re you you re-roll, okay. but you won't have one in cunning, for the, and that's for the entire yeah. adventure. You won't get that back. Oh, okay. That's a one-time thing. Nothing recovers re resistances until you finish an assignment. Gotcha. I mean, I can't really see... Ah, oh, man. That's... <laughs> I guess it's up to the group here if I want to re-roll one. Uh, <clears throat> You're a little quiet there, Petchy. I am. I'm hiding. <laughs> no, like, I mean, like <laughs> volume wise, you're a little oh. quiet in Discord. Okay, how do I sound now? Much you better. That's better. Yeah. Okay. What are you What are you feeling? And is Tanner still here? Tanner, is, Tanner is here. Okay. You want no to I would I would hold off, man. You would hold yeah. off? Okay, would, just yeah. take the failure. Yeah. Uh, but I'm supposed to be the good one. Okay. You are the good one. Sometimes <laughs> failure breathes success. Sometimes All you failed to do is lock happens. a door. Your skill yeah. is unlocking them. That's true. Yeah. 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 yeah fact, that's that's exactly the problem. I mean, literally, that's the best way to think about it. You are so used to getting into locked positions that fortifying a position is not normal to you. <laughs> you're you're not used to like trying to 
sneakily hide and like, hide, sure, but lock it. Because I wait until in. people are not home before I right, <laughs> right, exactly. Not to mention you can't really see what you're doing. You're used to to having some form of you know I can uh, come in with one eye closed and preserve my my dark vision. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it just didn't have time. It just doesn't. Right, no, you're you're thinking on your feet. You're trying to keep two other people who are not stealthy uh, hidden, and and it's okay. just it's a lot, and it's a little overwhelming. So yeah, yeah, I'll, you I'll go. Take that yeah, so you you go to to close the door, uh, and two things happen. Number one, it closes. It, it, it's when you get it up against the the door frame, it sticks. And you recognize in the moment, I've got to put some pressure on it, right? Even though I'm holding the handle, I'm trying to keep it. So you little put a little pressure on it, and that doesn't work. You put a little more pressure on it. And all at once, when you don't expect it, the door slips past that spot. And so it slams into the frame a lot louder than you anticipated. Instinctively, you let go of the handle, which makes a rattling noise. And then you slam the deadbolt really quick, which makes its own sound. So it's one, two, three, back to back to back. It's just that rolling snowball of bad decision after bad decision. Um, okay. <laughs> sounds like my life. As soon, <laughs> no. As, as soon as you... It sounds like Lawrence's life. Uh, as, soon, as soon as you do this, you flip, turn around, like put your back to the door. <sighs> Two things happen in this moment. The the other two of you holding your breath hear all of this happen to you kind of perk up. You look in that direction, but you can't really see what's going on because now the room is in total darkness. Two things happen. One, Margaret, out in the hallway, about 15 feet in front of you, a door that was slightly ajar suddenly slams shut and you hear click, click, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> um... And two, those of you that are in <clears throat> that room, the three of you that are in there, hear the unmistakable sound of a toilet flushing. Across the room, suddenly you hear, other than that, you, you hear that sound, you hear water running for a second. Um, you hear footsteps on tiled floor and then a door opens on the other side of the room, casting the room in a sort of not golden light, but a very um, <clears throat> uh, muted, like soft <clears throat> light. <laughs> um, oh, let's see. Uh, Lawrence is going to be you. The light is going to fall directly uh-huh. from there on the main door because your back is like right <laughs> up against it and you're just almost cast in a spotlight uh, because this person has their back to a light. You can't really see them. You can tell uh, that it's like a feminine shape, um, no. very short, like maybe just over five feet tall uh, okay. looking in your direction. And she's like kind of moving her hands. You can tell she's like probably drying her hands mm-hmm. and she goes, um, who are you? I'm a person needing to use the restroom badly. <laughs> I'm person. Am I in the right place? I'm person. Pause. Margaret, what do you want to do? Uh, instinctively being out in the hall, I would assume that the slam is where they are. And I'd go up to the door. And I would probably do a little, uh pattern knock that Lawrence would know that we've used before. Okay. Like a little, like an SOS. Pop up. Kind of. Pop up. That kind of yeah. thing. 
Um, Lawrence, this happens right beside your head because your back is to the door. Okay. Um, again, you can't. Your vision still hasn't settled in. You can't quite see, you can't see this is. woman very well because again, yeah. she's wreathed in the light because it's behind her. But you do see her head like tilt in the direction, like more so of the door than of you. Okay. And she goes, "Well, perhaps they do. Do you should probably let them in." Good point. And then I go. Feel for the latch. Like, I'm just being awkward. Like, I, for some reason, can't remove my <laughs> eyes. Like, I can't, you know, break the eye contact. So, I, I, I feel for the latch. I can't, I can't break the eye contact. That's what I'm just, saying. Sorry. I'm just thinking a bit from the office. I have to do something to his eyes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I do that while I feel for the deadbolt. Okay, while that's happening, point. Elk, Patchy, what are you doing? The two of you, as best you can tell, have <clears> not <throat> been seen. Um, I, you are still in sort of the dark corner of the room. I am frozen in fear. I am going to try okay. to sneak. Like an elk yeah, in like, <clears throat> Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to sneak to get maybe closer to her, or like at an angle. Ooh. But every time you take a step... <laughs> okay. Um, thank yeah, you. Patchy. If you look at the design of Patchy's outfit, there are no bells. Thank you. Yes, I ah, damn. Uh, Lindsay, right. that wasn't a bell. That was a horn. <laughs> bells sound. Just by instinct, Patchy has to squeeze. You, you, you can indeed try to sneak. Make a make a hide roll. So you're trying okay. to stick to the to the walls. Basically, you've got a single yes. point and hide. Um. I'm going to say the only people who could, well, the only person who could spend a drive to help you here would be Elk if you wanted to. Theoretically, the two of you can see each other, but. Uh, I'm too busy uh, maintaining eye contact. Yeah, you're, you're occupied. I'm too busy. Okay, so yeah. I roll, can I spend a drive of my own to. You can, yes. Okay. I will do that for myself. Let me just. So that'll give you two. That's a 2d6. Okay, let me just go ahead and. So I'm rolling for two and going with two d six. Yep. All right. Yep. Oh. Oh. Oh no. Yes. That is that is going to be a failure. Now, importantly, because your your group has forged and fire um, as your your circle uh, uh, ability, you do get that drive back since you did fail. Okay. Assuming you're not going to roll resistance. So here's what happens. Patchy, you, uh, this all happens almost simultaneously. You see what's going on. You're very distrusting of anybody who exists in this place that aren't people you know directly. Um, So being that you can't see this person very well, you're kind of just moving for an advantage uh, on on a viewpoint, right? You just want to be able to see this person better and see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So you start trying to stick to the wall, move further along. You can see that Elk is just kind of frozen in place. It's just standing there only moving his eyes. Elk probably knows these rooms better than anyone else would because this is, you know, it's a college. These are classrooms and such. Um, And maybe that's why he doesn't move because you've never been in a place like this. You don't really know where to to put your feet to avoid things, especially when you can't see. Uh, you know, some places you can kind of figure out probably what's in the room and where to go. Um, you're just kind of going blind, doing your best. Eyes on the prize, keeping an eye on this person. As Lawrence turns and fumbles with the lock, <clears throat> you are moving in closer and closer toward the the what seems to be the restroom at the other end of the room. Lawrence finally manages to undo the deadbolt. 
and opens the door, which casts much more light into the room. Enough that between what comes in from the hallway and what comes in from the restroom where the light previously had been entering the room uh, shows all of this happened simultaneously. Lawrence, you open the door, you find yourself face-to-face with Margaret. Margaret, you're looking over his shoulder, and Patchy, you, at that moment that light comes through, stumble on a desk off to your right. The woman, who you can now see much better, um, all of you at this point, uh, very young. She's in probably her early 20s. Uh, again, very short. She's like just over five feet tall. Um, but, you know, of, of a, a slim build and she's dressed very nicely. Um, has like a like a waistcoat on and uh, uh, puffed sleeves and all that. She reaches into that waistcoat, Patchy, all in one smooth motion as you tumble, literally, no pun intended, mm-hmm. in her direction whips out a small pistol and aims it directly at you. In the same move, her other hand goes into the other side of her waistcoat. She pulls another one and aims it toward the door. Marguerite, you see this get leveled directly at your, either your or Lawrence's head, one of the two. You've been on the other end of a barrel of a gun enough to know that she is, she knows what she's doing. And now that everyone can be seen, she says to Lawrence, the restroom, was it? I I think I'm good now. <laughs> Pause there. Jonathan. Yeah. You have entered the exhibition hall. Once again, there are still periphery officers moving about. You see now, um, without needing to, to make a roll, it's very, very clear. Um, this is becoming an active crime scene. It was before, right, based on what happened. Uh, but it's been long enough now that the city's uh, institutions have started to move in. It's not just the periphery cordoning things off now. You know the unmistakable look of an OUP officer, the Office of Unexplained Phenomenon. These are men in dark trench coats with uh, pointed hats. Uh, they have very specific pins on their, their lapels that say OUP. Uh it's it's again it's a very unmistakable look even if they didn't have a very specific signifier there are now probably as many of them milling about as there are periphery officers which is to say there are fewer officers overall but the OUP kind of has a reputation when they get called in something is weird something is very very bad and you don't want to be anywhere near it oh good and near go directly near it <laughs> near near the the undark expedition or uh, exhibition which is of course um where miss montgomery met her end um there are three oup officers who are not really milling about you know the periphery kind of mills about these guys are very clearly uh with purpose one of them is actively taping off a section that you can't quite see because another one is sort of standing in front of it got his hands out in front of him and a third has a notepad and he's talking um, to a very excitable man. You can almost hear this guy's voice from across the way. He looks like he's maybe close to 40. Uh, he's already got something of a receding hairline. He actually has like a small ponytail in the back. Think uh, like Paul Heyman when he was about, you know, 30 years younger than he is right now. Right. Um, he's very excitedly talking in the OUP officer with a notepad. He doesn't look bored, but he very much looks like he wants this conversation to be over as soon as possible. You can't quite make out what they're saying though. That's the scene in front of you as you re-enter the exhibition hall. Do I see Fitzsimmons anywhere? 
Uh, you do not. Oh, shit. That was my entire plan. Okay. Um, so, how many people are in there, would you say? Uh, at best estimate, just taking a glance around the room, in the, and again, the exhibition hall is a very big uh, room. There are fewer officers than before, but more high-ranking ones. So, at this point, we're probably down to maybe 10 total. At least three of which, again, are right there in a concentrated area. Uh, any civilians or anything like that at this point, or is it all officers? At this point, the exhibition hall itself is clear of civilians. It is strictly uh, police and, again, institutions only. So I definitely will stick out like a sore thumb. Absolutely. Goody. Um, oh shit. Is there any 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 sneaking chance here at all? Uh, I mean, you you can certainly try to sneak around the exhibition hall. If you're trying to sneak up to that specific exhibition, probably not. Uh, at this point, they have brought in additional lighting. Like, there there are stands that they have hung electric, electric lanterns from. Uh, they're putting out those little sort of evidence tents, those little evidence markers. Um, again, again, it is a well-attended, active crime scene. Probably, again, the most unnerving part is that you can see most of this is taking place really low to the ground, but because they have strategically placed their, their officers, you no matter where you are, like even just trying to lean and get a look, you can't see what it is on the ground specifically. You've heard the phrase melted and woman a couple of different times, uh, but you haven't actively seen this yet. Oh, goody. Well, I don't know what to do. Um... <laughs> uh... <clears throat> Ugh. Um, go back to me later. No, I can't. <laughs> no, it's fine. We can we can pause you and come back. Basically, the scene is you come out into the exhibition hall. The orchestra drops to a low growl because you see now it's not the the let's clean up and get out of here that you saw before. Now it's a very very intense situation. And cut back to you just going, well, shit. Yes. Uh, yeah yeah that's fine all right back to the other room i have there's a very small woman to have fun (laughs) there's a very small woman with two very small but lethal guns pointed at two of you simultaneously so she's not seen me yet she has now seen everyone there's enough light from the hallway and from the room whence she came that it illuminates the room in a in a low glow Uh, Uh, For what it's worth, by the way, this room, it it is now clear. uh, And Margaret, because you're right there in the doorway, you would notice the placard uh, on the door that says uh, staging area. And it looks like it was just recently put up. Like, it's not a permanent deal. Um, This is like maybe an extended classroom, like an over large classroom, maybe one that has like uh, a curtain or some sort of temporary divider down the middle where you could hold two classes uh, that has been pushed off to the side. It's wide open. The desks have all been, which of course they're all that, that uh, like single built desk, like the desk and the chair are all one thing. Um, They've all been pushed off to the side and over this room, there are, sort of, um, well, you've been to a convention, you've worked at a convention. There are sort of little mini camps set up of various industries. Um, you can tell that some of the people who were doing exhibitions here at the, at the celebratory, uh, fair have left their stuff behind. Um, some of them are fully cleaned out. So there's little dots of just empty squares, uh, that are, are cordoned off, uh, with like dowel rods and such. 
but some of them, there are things that have been left behind. There are wooden crates all over the room, again, in various states of disarray. Uh, not much in the way of inventions. There are a couple of technological things left behind. But uh, And then, indeed, there's there's a restroom at the far end uh, that this woman has come out of and is standing there now, double uh, holding, holding these double guns. Um, so, I've got... I've got laboratory equipment with. Me. Yes. Yeah. Well, you you can have it. Yes, that is one of the pieces of gear you can take. Of the you have six options. It's one of uh, three you can have. That is that is one of the ones I have. Uh, uh-huh. Would there might possibly be something there where I can make like a almost like a homemade flash grenade to distract her? I mean, blind her. you're the one that chooses it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, chemical concoction is a thing that you can do. Um, with your laboratory equipment, assuming because you you took that and not steel mind, right? No, I took steel mind. All right. Well, if you want to retcon that, I'm fine with that. It's just you can only have one of the two. Yeah, I'll retcon it. Okay. So steel mind will not be an option. You won't be able to negate that brain mark if you were to take one. So chemical concussion works like this. It says you know how to mix chemicals together to achieve particular effects. When you take laboratory equipment as gear, you may spend a few minutes concocting a mixture that is acidic, explosive, flammable, loud, sleep-inducing, sticky, or toxic. Um, what you're describing, I would say, if you're talking about like a flash grenade, would be sort of a loud thing. It would be something to disorient without necessarily hurting. Um you certainly could attempt that. Now, importantly, you're going to have to make a hide roll to do so because you're going to have to try to do this stealthily. While she might not be focused on you and you're not in bright light, uh, she does know that you're there. Yeah, better not. I don't have anything in hide at all. <clears throat> if you're if you were able to get out of the line of sight, you get the idea that might be that might be a totally viable option. But that she can see you and that she could easily choose to now train one of those two guns on you. Um, so, quick question. I just want to uh-huh. see if uh, I can gauge this situation. Is she intending to kill, or is she just, you know, like holding us up, like hold it right there? Mm, that's a good question. Make a read roll. Yeah, let's see. I have one. You do. I don't use that. A- oh, shit, that's my hide. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll still do it. I'll do it. You spend a drive? Yeah, I'll spend a drive. Okay. Remember, if you fail, you get it back, so there's yeah, that. Yeah, uh, mixed success. Mixed success total? Yeah. Okay. Or uh, best option, I should say. Yeah, Yeah, that's my best option, yeah. Okay. Um, You get the idea, from where you are, it's a, li- it's a little difficult to read her. You're not really close enough to get a good look at the, the eccentricities of her face, like the really specific stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Here's what you know about that, though. You've been, you've, you like Margaret have been in this situation several times. Unlike Margaret, usually hers is in a, a moment of valor, and yours is in a whoops, I fucked up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, uh, the, the, the phrase that comes to mind is this if she wanted us dead, we'd already be dead. Okay. Right? Very good. You're, yes. You are definitely somewhere you're not supposed to be. You know that mm-hmm. now for certain. Mm-hmm. If there was any question, you know that now for certain. Um, she's also, not dressed like a periphery officer. Yeah, that's my next question, if I could tell that. Yeah, yeah, no, she's not dressed like a periphery officer. She's not dressed like a member of the OUP. Um, She's definitely high class, like maybe lives in the eaves, uh, probably has a a elevated job of some sort. Um, 
But if she wanted you dead, you'd, you'd probably already be dead. That's as much as you can tell from now. Um, in the time that it takes for that to happen, Patchy, <laughs> she looks down at you and with sort of the, the end of the gun, she kind of nudges it toward Lawrence and goes, all right, up you go. Come on. She just kind of, with her hands up, just slowly starts to get up. And I was like, well, yep. I guess this wasn't the right bathroom, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not this time, love. Up, up. So she she waits until you get her. She keeps that trained on you. Um, Elk, she looks over at you. She doesn't turn one toward you, and she goes, with your friends now, back toward the door where you came. He slowly does it, hands in the air, terrified, because this is not his. Yeah. yeah. This isn't his scene. All right, so she's she's encouraging all of you to head that direction. Uh, with the two of you doing so, she looks back, Margaret and Lawrence, of the two of you at the door, and says... I don't know who you are or what you're doing here, and I don't care. Get out. That was the plan. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she very, she very much will let you leave. Um, in fact, she's she's encouraging it, uh, but she will not. She At the point that uh, the two of you were close enough to the doors, she literally kind of double fists it, like both toward the, the doorway um, and just keeps those guns trained, waiting on you to leave. I open the door the whole way, but I'm going to sit there standing it till everybody else is out and I'm going last. Okay. Yeah, she'll let that happen. I will leave. Um, all right. Well, the four of you then are uh, are able to leave. You close the door behind you? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, a second after you close the door, click, you hear a deadbolt <laughs> flip on the other side. You don't even hear her claw across the room, but that deadbolt flips on the other side. Jonathan, let's get out of here. Back to you for a second. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. You're good. I'll let you guys no, talk for a that, second. That's it. I'm just like, come on. Yeah, we need to go. Like, we need to go back with Jonathan. Exit stage okay. left. All right, Jonathan, back to you. Uh, so I would also like to read the room and see if there's anyone that I, you know, me being in magic and me, me knowing a mark when I see one. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to look and see if there's anyone that I think I could potentially bullshit my way through. Yeah. So for what it's worth, you... Oh, no, 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 shit. Sorry, that's that's the criminal. I thought you had that ability. You don't. Um, <laughs> Lawrence has the, the scout ability. Yeah. Uh, you do, for what it's worth, though, Jonathan, have an ability called I Know a Guy. <clears throat> now, this is once per assignment. You'll only get to use this sometime between now and when we completely finish this whole thing. But once per assignment, you get to ask me uh, who you know nearby that could help you. Uh, they could give you, or I, I can give you a temporary sort of contact and explain why they might have some insight into the investigation in general. Well, if I could do that, <clears throat> if I see anyone that I know that, uh, you know, maybe I have... I have performed for or someone that is a huge fan, someone that basically I could convince to get me up close to the body so I could look at it under the pretense that as a magician, I heard someone melted. I have to see this. I have to know what this is. Yeah. Um, the the Paul Heyman looking guy, the younger Paul Heyman looking guy, as you sort of scan the room trying to, to kind of hedge your bets. Right? Do I stay in here? Do I leave? At any second, somebody's going to turn and see me, and it's going to be bad news because I'm no longer disguised. <laughs> As you're reading the room and kind of looking across, it, it, cinematically, we would see from your point of view, you scan across the room, and as you pass that guy in his conversation, you 
here from off of your left. Jonathan Strangeway, you old son of a bitch. And you kind of snap back, and this guy who has been talking to an OUP officer, who, by the way, has not moved, is like right. He's probably writing that down, Jonathan Strangeway, you old son of a son bitch. Son of a bitch. Um, as, as part of his, his notes, um, this guy comes bounding towards you with his hands out. Um, like he's, he's coming over to greet an old friend. You know this man. This guy's name is Homer Buckman. Homer? Um, Homer. Homer. <laughs> Homer Buckman. He, uh, in fact, you thought you heard his voice earlier today when he maybe passed by your theater where you were preparing to perform uh, inside the exhibition hall. Homer is someone that actually ties you uh, and Patchy together. He spent some time with Baron Lowry Circus. Um, it is possible, Lawrence, that you would know this man if, if you uh, were to catch up with him in the near future. He's a well-known card sharp as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a guy who is very smart, always on the lookout for an opportunity, um, and basically the kind of person who might not have uh, the best intentions at mind at all times, but he's definitely uh, very savvy, right? So a bit of a showman. Uh, he comes bounding toward you, <laughs> Jonathan, and as he gets just close enough within earshot and out of earshot of everyone else, as he's saying, I haven't seen you in so long. Just play along. I haven't seen you in so many years. How long? And he just wraps you in this hug. Uh, this big bear hug. And he says once again, once he's close to you, just play along. Uh, I'll hug him back and go, Homer, Homer Buckman, <laughs> you weird little man. What are you doing here? <laughs> he leans back. He like slaps your cheek a little bit. And he goes, How many years has it been? Yeah, everybody just keeps touching your face for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to slap him back just a little bit harder than he slapped me. <laughs> he's, he's got like uh, again he's got like the little kind of Paul Haven jowls and they like jiggle a little bit when you hit him um, he stops and shakes his head to, to rattle that one off uh, as you're going through these kind of like fake pleasantries the OUP officer um, kind of slowly strolls over you can see him over over Homer's shoulder uh, and as he gets over he's a tall dark guy I mean very much the, the uh, epitome of like an FBI agent who doesn't have a face, doesn't have a name. This is a, a, a just another cog in the machine type guy. And he goes, Mr. Buckman, please, if we could continue Homer turns around. He goes, Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Have you met Jonathan Strangeway, master magician? And he, he points it to you and the OEP officer goes, I mean, yeah, I've heard of him. Nice to meet you. He kind of doffs his hat like that. Um, he goes, we really, we really need to continue this interview. And Homer is like, he's doing that cartoon thing where his eyes are like flitting between him and you. And then <laughs> come on and him and you. And he's looking for an out here. Wait, Homer's looking for an out or he's looking for an out. Homer's looking for an out. Like he's, he's desperately hoping that you'll get him off the hook somehow. Uh, I, I will, I will ask Homer, what mess have you gotten yourself into now? <clears throat> Oh wait, I gotta fake a British accent because I'm I'm now on stage again. I I assumed, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> he um he goes, well, mess. It's funny that you say, it, and the OUP officer actually like leans forward and jabs him with his elbow, kind of in the side, and he oh, mm. and he goes, Mr. Buckman, please, 
He looks back at you and he goes, Mr. Strangeway, apologies. Um, this man is not at liberty to speak about that at this point in time. The OUP has this area under control. In fact, we're going to need you uh, to leave as soon as possible unless you have a statement to give. Uh, well, of course, as a master magician, I uh, I heard about this melting woman and I, I felt perhaps I could he, like As soon as you say that, I mean, this is the first time you see his eyes like kind of light up and he goes, strange way, please. Discretion is important. I'm going to lean in closer to him. As soon as I heard about this melting woman, I felt the need to come down here and see for myself. Again, as a master illusionist, this can't be real, and I wanted to see it from my own eyes. Go ahead and make a sway roll. Tired of swaying people at this point. This is this is high stakes for what it's worth. All right, well, we're going to roll a drive then. (laughs) If I have one at this point, I actually... I think I have one. How many? How many have you spent? Because you have three, and then you got one back. You you got one back on a previous roll, so you have at That's least true. one. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I got a four. So you should have three to roll. Your last one is gilded. Well, the gilded one's going to be a six because I need it to be. Four three. Four <laughs> no. Three. I got a four Ooh. though. I did get a four. Yeah. So so importantly you could take the gilded result it will guarantee failure or you can take the four and that's a mixed success i'll take the mixed success i need some kind of success okay all right so you are so you're then out of drives uh, on that roll and since you didn't fail you don't get any back um so so what exactly are you saying to him basically that no one knows what's going on but i have seen everything from all walks of life i have touched the ethereal plane I can be of service and I want to see what, you know, potential illusion that this is, that this can't be real. So the OUP officer kind of lets a lot of that glide off of him. It's almost like, like water off a duck. Um, these guys are not as easily convinced as maybe your standard periphery guy might be of some, some, you know, clearly off kilter stuff. Um, here's what happens though as you're making that argument Homer keeps interjecting again I mean I'm, I'm just picturing Paul Heyman like literally the tribal chief stuff yes yes of course yes yes he he's have you seen his show like he keeps saying stuff and finally the OUP officer goes enough and he looks at you and he kind of collars Buckman and he goes look if you can get something out of this one for me the two of you just Figure it out. Like, this is the most, again, uh, other than when he, he didn't want you to say it any louder, this is the most animated or emotive he's been at this point. He goes, I'll be over there. Neither one of you leaves until you tell me what you saw and what's going on. And then after that, I don't want to see either of you again. I'm going and to. so he. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on now. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you're good. I hold my wrist out, you know, hold my hand up out like that, and then in a in a one motion, as I flick my wrist, uh, a pen and uh, a pad appears in my hand, and a pen appears in my other hand, and I say, "Well, <laughs> how about we just go take a look, and I'll take his statement and get him out of your hair." He goes. <laughs> he says, "That'd be great. That'd, That'd be fucking great for me." <laughs> Thank you. And he turns. <laughs> And he turns and he walks off, like turns on his heel like a military walk, and he walks off and stalks away. Um, that leaves you with Homer, who for the first time sort of drops the facade and he goes, Oh, that was close, buddy. 
That was a close one, wasn't it? I'm going to um, tap him on the forehead with my pad and say, what the hell did you – and drop the axe in. What the hell did you get yourself into today? <laughs> uh, he, he shoves his hands in his pockets and turns, and he kind of walks back toward the, the staging area because, of course, this officer has left, and so now you can actually get up to where the exhibition was. And he goes, <laughs> you know, it's a funny story. And uh, we're going to pause that right there. Go back to the rest of you. What are you doing? You're out in the hallway. Uh, you've uh, escaped the room where you were accosted. You are on your own. Do we uh, know where Jonathan went? He went back out in the exhibition hall. Okay. I don't know if he knows how to find this bleed, so we may need to try to catch up with him. So uh, do we know of anyone in between here and there? I mean, I haven't seen anyone in the hall since I came hunting for the rest of you. Okay, that's a good, that's a good start. I guess we just need to head on down to the expedit, expedit, expedi- yeah, the hall. Let's walk down the hall. Jesus, yeah. Steven. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> so, um, as you all start and turn in that direction, Margaret, it sort of just pops into your mind. You remember Octavia said there were two things that you needed to accomplish while you were here to contain some sample of the incident itself, but also to figure out where it came from. You do still not have that information just yet. And all at once, the pieces kind of come together. If you need to know where it came from, where better to find that information than the shipping crate, if it were shipped in? And where might the shipping crate be? Probably in the staging room. You stop and realize that's where we just came from. Uh, guys, I, I really hate to suggest this, but, uh... I think we need to go back and see our gun-happy friend. Oh, no. What, uh, what compels you to go toe-to-toe with them again? We need to figure out where this stuff came from. And I don't know if you noticed, because obviously you were preoccupied, but there were a bunch of crates in that room, and it's clearly a prep area for the stuff that's going on. Uh... Crap. So. Uh, we gotta beat the hell out of this guy. Oh, we can't do that. Yeah. Shit, I heard it. I saw, I saw his face. <laughs> oh, crap, crap, crap. I'm uh, gonna look at Elk and then look at Patchy. I don't suppose either of you know how to handle yourself in a fight, do you? That's her response. <laughs> I'm an entertainer. I'm not a fighter. Hey, hey. Oh my. Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Point. I may not be a you, very uh, stout person, but my father did teach me. How. So. Okay. All right. That's do you have? Art, at least. Do you have any tools to help us out in this elk? Kind of tools you're looking for. Uh, he says very back alley shitty. 
<laughs> no, nothing <laughs> lethal. We just need to uh, have a distraction, I guess. So yeah, that we possibly. can get in close without getting shot. Probably, I could probably maybe uh, get something going on here for you. Okay, whip something up. Uh, I'll whip something up here. Excuse okay. him and then uh, okay, I I'm... want I want me and Margaret to take a look at the door and see how secure this is, and uh, see if we can bust it down in one go, or if we're gonna have to use some explosives. Okay, so while Elk is because uh, Elk doesn't have to roll to do that. Um, yeah, I'm it just need takes one of the time. two of you. Yep, I need one of the two of you who are inspecting the door to make a focus roll. Or whoever is doing it, I should say. Yeah, let's see. Which, which I only have one. Like, same. Okay. Uh, I have two intuition. I can give you a drive, unless okay, you have I, I have no drives at all, so... Okay, so... I have uh, two in focus. Mm. Oh. Let's have Patchy take a look. And it's gilded, too. Yeah. yeah, I think All that's right. safe. Now you can still please, spend drives to, to help You were a but... moment to shine, mm -hmm. please. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll give you a drive there, Patchy. So you have three rolls. So she just calmly, like, she's like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll check the door. And uh, she'll just, so three D6s. Yes. Yep, because Lawrence right. is giving you a drive, so the third D6 will be your, your gilded one. Whatever the result right. is on the third one will be gilded. Five, five, four. Ooh. Mixed success on okay. the gilded. Well, it's mixed success on all three of them, yeah. so it behooves okay, you so to take the gilded one. Gilded yes. Get the drive okay. back. Now I get that drive back, right? Okay. Uh, oh, actually, no. It's only the person no. who makes the roll that gets okay. the drive back if they spent one. Yeah. Okay. So actually, it doesn't really matter which one you pick here. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yep, all of those. Well, uh, unless you're missing a drive, Patchy, in, in that section, then you would get a, a drive back, even if you didn't spend one just now. No, I got all, all my drives are full. You got all those. Okay. Nice. All right. So one way or another, it's a mixed success. So importantly, here's sort of the mixed part of it. You don't know shit about fuck when it comes to locks. <laughs> like, this is not this is not your That's business nice, in any this way. Is, this is out of my wheelhouse completely. No, no. Lawrence is assisting you and is kind of explaining it, but it's like it's like going in one ear and out the other. I mean, you can definitely examine it and, and see sort of what he's talking about. Um, your, your focus, as you attune more to this, you find yourself kind of slipping mentally out of reality right you're it's almost like you can see beyond the door a little bit and in fact the longer you stare at the the section because lawrence is explaining very technical stuff right okay so if we were to kick right here if that's where the you know the door jam is and you do this this would be enough to separate and all that just kind of <laughs> fades into white noise as you focus visually on that point mm-hmm you close your eyes and you can feel them kind of roll back in your head and mentally you're beyond the door. You can see that the room is now uh, wreathed in like a, a faint glow, uh, almost like someone has a lantern nearby, but it's like there's like fog or mist in the room, like a dark gray mist. Um, and you dark gray mist. <laughs> Thank you. You can see someone moving about there. They're not moving the light with them. It's like they've hung it on something. Um, and they're doing something with one of the crates. You try to focus. Is it the woman that you saw before? Possibly, but maybe not. You can't really get a good read on him. It's just a person. 
And what they're doing with the crate is also not clear. And then you snap back to reality. And Lawrence so, is going, so, okay, basically we put our foot right there. So she's, as she just snaps back, she goes, wait, wait. I hear someone in there. I can, I felt it. I, she, she like puts her hand to her head and she's like, I think I need to get in there. Well, that's what we're going to do here, buddy. <laughs> oh, um, man. Elk, elk. At the end of the this scenario, you have uh, with your small, you know, satchel of laboratory equipment. You've got like a, a few little vials that have some pre-made stuff in them. More or less, you're just putting like a cap inside that you just, as soon as you pop it on and shake it, it's ready to go. Yeah. All right. So what do you we got, got here? And as they've been inspecting the doors, I've pulled two sets of brass knuckles out of my bag and have slipped them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I. I take my cane and I'm it to reveal the long blade. So yeah, just in case, just in case we Hell have a fight yes. coming on. Gearing up, I love it. Mark all <laughs> that gear on your sheets. Okay. Oh, so like already, already hit again. Okay, I yeah, didn't bring any weapons to this. At least not as there. elk. Elk's got the, the his little homemade bang grenade here in one mm-hmm. hand and his good throwing hand. And he reaches into his pocket and says, well, Dad told me never to leave home with that. And he pulls out a, I don't know, a switchblade pocket knife. Yeah. And all right. She just yes. kind of looks at all at everyone and she's like, how do you, how do you have, how are you all packing heat? Patchy, <laughs> Patchy take a brain mark. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys gangs and girls, all are here. we ready? Emphasis on gang. I'm, I'm looking at everybody. Everybody ready. We ready to go. About as ready as I would be. All right, Margaret. I say we start going for the door. As oh, soon as the door Lord, opens Lord, for Lawrence, you. Lawrence, dear, you know I got this. Oh, yeah. As soon as the door opens, Elk, toss in that concoction, and we're going to rush them whenever we hear that crack. So is are you picking lock or are you breaking it down? Well, it's deadbolt, right? In. It's deadbolt. Yeah, it's a deadbolt. You know it's yeah. a deadbolt because you did it. Yeah, so we're going to have to break it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah, All I right. w- I want to kick that sucker in. Yeah. So this He'll is gonna it. be it's gonna be a strike roll to do so. Yes. I'm al- I'm allowed to do more than just one drive myself if I want. Correct. Absolutely. The the only restriction is however many drives you have to spend, obviously, and that you can never have more than six dice on a single roll. Okay. How many are you going for? Right I'm now, gonna Lindsay? spend two. That puts me at four at the moment. At four. And I okay. Do have I think that's on good. This. Nice. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think I'll okay. say then. I can't right, help so you. Margaret, got nothing in nerves. You're just, you're just going to kick the door down, right? You're just going yeah. right for the, the frame. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Roll I'm up. just giving it a good old oomph. I love it. Oh, I see uh, a five. Oh, I got a five. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That almost got hairy. All right. So you are going to lose those drives, assuming that you're not going to take the, the four or the two. Well, actually... The four, because you had two... No, you only had one gilded, didn't you? Yeah, I only had one gilded. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's the two. Okay. All right, so you are going to lose those drives, but you do have a mixed success. So explain to me how you're taking the door down. Um, From a relatively young age, my uncle has trained me well in self-defense and just hand-to-hand, basically. So I have a good little chunk of footwork. So I'm just going to basically step back and give a get old shove with my feet first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
most explorers don't uh, walk around in heels. There's a reason that yours are block heels, right? Because you yeah. can totally use the edge of that to just jam right uh-huh. into. So yeah, you you pretty much just like rear back, kick right into it. Um, it does take two kicks to break. So she okay. knows we're coming in. <laughs> importantly, yes. you are going to take a body mark. Yeah, the yeah. very first one is a lot. Like it, it, it's like hitting something with a with a not an aluminum but a wooden baseball bat and getting that reverb. Get that back. good that reverberation kick, back. Yeah, you're you're. Uh, I'm assuming you're kicking with your right knee or with your right leg. Yes. Yeah, like your your right knee. It's almost like it like not hyperextends the opposite. Like it doesn't extend far enough out. Like when you yeah. expected it to. And so it hurts a little bit. Like it uh, it's not going to impair your movement, but it, yeah, yeah. It jams up, but it does take the, yeah, you, you get all jammed up in here. Um, <laughs> but on the second kick, you do feel that crack. And in fact, the door swings open and bam, uh, cracks against the inside. What are you doing? Uh, um, it's Excel's role here to toss in the, the concoction. I say I go in, but yeah. immediately move to one flashbang, side. Flashbang, flashbang, flashbang. <laughs> yeah. So whoever whoever's gonna throw it. Importantly, Elka doesn't have to be the one to throw it, but whoever is throwing it needs to make a control roll. That is not uh, I. <laughs> that, got yeah. one. You got one. I got one. So that's about as good as. I can so give you a drive. I only have one. I don't have any drives in nerve. Uh, I can whoever's give. Whoever's doing drive. it, I got one drive for you. I'll use yeah. a drive as well. Okay, it's also gilded for you, so that oh. gives you three d six, and the third one is gilded, Tanner or uh, Elk. All right. First roll three, second roll Ooh. one. Oh, Do this it. is the one Do you it. want to hit though. Oh, yes. four. Die. There you go. There you go. All right. So you, you, Elk, get your drive back, Ooh. and that is a a mixed success. So you throw that uh, that vial in. Uh, and again, you're throwing into mostly darkness. I mean, it is lighting up as the room opens up, so you're kind of getting used to it again. But you sort of lob it in there. Uh, you hear the glass hit, and at first it doesn't sound like it's going to go off, and you panic for a second. And then a second later, you hear someone go, what the? At the same time that the door has cracked open, and bam, it's like a loud pop, almost like the loudest kernel of popcorn you've ever heard go off at the same time. Bright light fills the room all at once as this thing explodes. Um, yeah. Margaret, despite the fact that you're pretty far away or you did your best to kind of shield yourself from it coming, um, it does temporarily, uh, for lack of a better term, it, you, you get your hands over your ears, you're expecting the sound, you're not really expecting the light. Gotcha. And it makes it difficult to see, so you are equally as blinded as whoever else was in that room. That goes off, and as it snaps to white like that, pause there, back to Jonathan. Yes. Jonathan, you and Homer have made your way or Homer. are making your way over toward <laughs> I'm I'm incognito. Incognito. <laughs> You're making your way over to the um to the exhibition and he goes, um so I assume because he's now like kind of trying to keep his voice a little low so nobody around is listening, he goes, So I assume you know something about this, yes? Uh, I know that a woman apparently melted, and I would like to see that. <laughs> okay. Um, what you guys talking amongst yourselves? What do you know about this? I'll be right back. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Uh, Tanner, you be Homer. Give me all the information. Hunter can't say no right now. Um, 
<laughs> Hunter can't say no to anything we say. Okay, so this was not paranormal anyway. It was just uh, it was just uh, bullshit liberal. It was it was, liberal. It was yeah. Freddy Freaker. It was it was Freddy Freaker. Someone just chucked a big old thing <laughs> of acid un- up there, and she literally. It was melted. unprofessional bullshit. I heard it was extraterrestrial in nature. Those damn alien bastards are real. Gotta call 949. Okay, so seriously, for our situation, as soon as I can see again, my goal is to go find a princess with the guns and tackle her. All I could think I was of, gonna ask gonna do the thing. All I could think I of just... while I talk is I, in my head I just hear. I can't stop thinking about Patchy Tumbles. When hey. Patchy Tumbles isn't on the screen, everyone else should be asking. Where's, where's Patchy Tumbles? Or as, I'm Hunter, kind of wanting... as Hunter likes to call it, Apache Tumbles. Yes. <laughs> Lindsay, well, I'm Pat- kind of wanting nah, to... Apache like, flies. Uh, I'm kind of wanting to, like, grab one of her guns and then use it, because I didn't... I'm trying to bring it, like... I didn't bring any weapons, my character. Well, the question well, is, do you have anything in control? Do you have anything yeah. in control? So, mm-hmm. importantly, the way that gear works in this game, again, you can only ever have three things... Um, in total over the course of an assignment, but you have six things on your gear. Those can't, things can just be on you. As part of the narrative, you can say, I have this on me. And I think oh. everybody has the option of a hand weapon. A hand at least weapon. one hand yeah. weapon. I yes. ha- not only do I have a hand weapon, I also have a hidden weapon. <laughs> so, Hunter, we've, yep. have we decided oh, it's not paranormal. Oh, I'm my headphones in, you fucking idiots. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yikes. Good. So, so I don't have to keep you up there. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, uh, Homer is very much giving you, uh, you, without having to make a roll, you know he's giving you the runaround, right? He keeps kind of talking in circles and saying, well, you know, um, I was there when it happened, but I didn't I didn't really see anything. It just sort of happened out of nowhere. You know, it's 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 not like I really work for the company. I mean, they just they just hired me to be part of this thing. And you know how it is show business and all. Um, I'm gonna. He I'm gonna, is not only sorry, real quick. He's not only dancing around the issue. You know that he has taken his sweet time walking over to that exhibition. It's very clear that he doesn't want to talk, and he also doesn't want to go anywhere near that. I, I'm going to just kind of lean into him and say, Homer, cut the bullshit. What is it going to take? What What happened here? What do you want? What's the price? You know the drill. Make a sway roll. No, but I asked him a question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. The question is how he's going to respond to that with potentially another question. Oh, there's a four. But we can All do right. better than that. We can do better than that. We're not going to, but we could. <laughs> hey. So you got you to gotta make success. Okay. Um, Homer knows better than to, to kid a kidder to some degree, and yet he's still trying. Um the more you talk to him, the more that it's it's becoming clear to you that he this, this is almost more of a read role than a sway role, because you know this guy well enough to know that he's a he's a confidence man, right? He's a con artist. Uh, it's not that he doesn't want to talk because he doesn't want you to know. It seems like he doesn't want to relive it. 
like he might be traumatized. This is the closest you've ever seen to something is actively wrong with this person, like really actually wrong with him and not just him trying to, to play a, the long game on something. However, um, in sort of getting that information out of him, he inadvertently, cause he kind of turns and he's like backpedaling as you're, you're questioning him. Um, he kind of inadvertently leads you closer to the exhibit and you see that green glow behind him. He turns and he looks and he goes, oh, he kind of drops that little bit of the acting. He goes, oh, son of a bitch. And he steps out of the way. And for the first time, you get a really good front row seat to what has happened. Now, you've seen Vera Montgomery before on posters, maybe not necessarily in person, but uh, asked, you've seen her picture marry, on billboards. She asked me to marry her, and I wasn't going to, but she's beautiful. <laughs> Right, but she but she died. She died. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and you don't live in your theater. No, Um, No. (laughs) she. You you, you've definitely seen her picture before. Um, Again, maybe not in person, but you you've seen this woman before. Beautiful. I mean, she she is sort of that once in a lifetime beautiful woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she she's a generational beauty. Right, or rather, she was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, or rather, she was. Um, because now, no further than maybe five feet away from you, surrounded by little, uh, like a little strip of, of caution, like red tape and such, uh, and a few little evidence markers, is a. What you realize maybe later, uh, your brain can only process as the biggest most disgusting booger you've ever seen in your life. I don't like that. Because it is uh, about the size of a trash can lid. Um, it is a pile. I mean, again, there's no better way to describe it than a pile of quite literally melted flesh and bone. You can almost see because you're kind of hypnotically drawn to it. It's like a car accident. You can't look away. You can almost see the little floating bits of maybe bone that didn't quite melt away within. It's like uh, it's like Jello with cat food stuck in it, Ugh. right? Good. Yeah, I still got to eat later, man. <laughs> uh, and it is like a glowing. It's not just a glowing green. Not just like like you know stars that you stick to your your bedroom uh, ceiling or something. It's a pulsating glowing green. It emanates its own light. Like it's not even particularly light in this part of the exhibition hall, other than the, the electric lanterns that have been set up by the OUP. It is a glowing, undulating green pulse that's coming from it. I... And the longer you look, and the more you stare, you are definitely certain that you see a little quiver. Something moves within it. You take a brain mark for this. Oh. Okay. Uh, I I am going to recoil in in horror, and and the accent slips in unintentionally, like Kevin Shankelberg, and I just go, "Good God!" <laughs> then I look back at Humperdinck, and I I tell him. Like, because I, I realize I need to get closer to it. I don't want to get closer to it, but I need to get closer to it. I need to get some of that goo in this vial for whatever reason. So I'm going to turn to him and, and just, I'm going to ask him once what happened. And I tell him, 
If you don't tell me what happened, you know me. I will make a scene so loud and so big that they will come over here and they will put your face into it. And I say it half jokingly, like we're two buddies kind of joking with each other. Sure. Um, but he knows I'm serious. All I want you to do is tell me, and then you can go away. Um, I'm gonna let you like collect a little bit, a little bit of it really quickly, um, for for sake of of time and, and clarity. Uh, this is the kind of thing that might have incurred some potential bleed, but since you had time to examine it, you sort of are capable of scooping up a little bit with the the lid, and you don't get close enough to it that you feel uh, odd. However, closer the closer you get to it, the more you do feel like a, an odd warmth coming from it. And so you scoop, you know, just enough to get some in there quickly, get it, shove it away. Um, yes. No one, no one sees this happen. Currently, no one seems to be paying attention. You turn back to Homer, you say the things that you say, he looks at you and the longer that you talk, the more you see his face drop and his, his eyes sort of go wide. Cause he knows when you're serious, you're serious. And he lowers his voice and he leans in. And he goes, Jonathan, you and I both know it's not a good idea to go poking around when the Radiance Corporation is involved. And that's where we're going to call bum, it for tonight. Bum, bum. Oh. Bum, 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 Does he know, though? Does he? All I right, guys. What is wrong with you? we have but one episode left of this halloween installment um before we we call it on this particular adventure uh you for what it's worth listeners will hear that next tuesday on halloween you'll hear that episode uh, uh theoretically anyway on on halloween day normally we do record on tuesdays um However, we will not be recording that night. You uh, you actually might get to hear that a little bit in advance. So we're going to talk about that off air. So that'll be uh, coming up for a conversation for us in the near future. But yes, there is but one episode left of uh, this first installment of PZ85 Plays Candela Obscura Dressed to Kill. In the meantime, Shannon, uh, we're finishing out October in a big way. What do we got? Oh, lordy gee. So tomorrow we've got an all new episode of Extras and Epilogues. I think it's Wednesday, right? Yeah, it's Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and a big one, too. The best horror film of all time, An American Werewolf in London. I need to get that to you, Hunter. I'll get that to you in some way, shape, or form tonight, um, tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my hands on it. Don't oh, worry okay. about it. Okay. I got it done. I'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out if we could potentially get a third for it. I don't know anybody that's as big of a fan uh, or has seen An American Werewolf in London other than myself. Um, I thought about uh, we. Getting, uh, Get, get, get I've seen it, but I'm squirmish. Squeamish. You're squeamish. And squirmish. Same thing. Like squirmish. <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. It's going to be an all-new terrorizing. Terror, well, terrorizing. Take, take That's what we do we're, on Friday with the horses. We're, we're riding the earth. <laughs> it's a terrifying Tanner Thursday. Um, we don't have anything planned yet. Tanner's holding up a box that says horror trivia. But we did that last week. We did that, and it went poorly. <laughs> it went good. It went well. I I thought it was fun. Well, I mean, I also thought it was fun, it but went it, it went Jesse. the way that trivia always goes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jesse looked like a dumb donkey, and and Hunter. You know, if people who aren't interested in those topics wasn't on that show, 
Yeah, well, you had everybody that was interesting and ho- interested in horror right there, and then also two other people, three other people. Anyway, we're, yeah. we're gonna do something <laughs> fun. It's the last terrifying Tanner Thursday of October. Uh, Friday is the last horror time of October, and then next week, Hunter, we got the grand finale of all mm, of Hallow Hallow's Eve tales. Fuck, Steven, you got me all fucked up now. Yeah, no problem. God. One Anytime, episode left buddy. to go. Tanner, I have a counter one for you. And it's a wild one, Hunter. Oh shit! This oh, year, yes. This year alone, <laughs> we've had uh, we've had possession at a circus. We've had uh, zombies. We've had a serial killer. We've had a uh, incident on a space station. That's all I'll say because you got to go back and listen to last night's episode. <laughs> and then uh, next week, I'm promising you cosmic horror. I'll leave that yes. as it is. Also, yes. does anybody think it's odd that Lindsay always plays psychopathic killers in all of these stories? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's, that's I have anger up. issues. I'm sorry. That's going to wrap up October. That's why right? she's playing the muscle here. Yeah. And, and yeah, then, we're, we're right on the cusp of it. And then we go into Lindsay's month, Nostalgic November. Including oh, and that uh, reminds me, I got something for that too. Loving, lovingly nostalgic Lindsay Thursdays. <laughs> that doesn't make it back sense. to back to our list. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to. Tongue, Tanner, like terrifying Tanner Thursday does. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't there so, be a day of the week that starts with an L? No. <laughs> Thursdays. Well, I mean, Thurs- I mean, if you're gonna go with that, you Thursdays. can have Wolf on Wednesdays. <laughs> oh my god! Wednesdays. Oh, hey, that's there actually you go. not that bad. Actually, that might Wednesdays. work. That's not bad. Uh, you can't. You All can't right, guys. Get rid of of, of E and E. No. No. <laughs> it's 10.30. We're getting out of here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of PZ85 Plays Candela Obscura. Again, remember, you can listen to all of this and more at podzilla1985.com or on your favorite podcasting service. There is but one episode of this show left to go, but of course, uh, after this uh, little interlude ends, PZ85 Plays goes back to the land of Barovia. Uh, Curse of Strahd is still ongoing with our DM, Cody, uh, and I believe he'll be taking over right when we come back. No, you gotta hit the dark gray mist. Come on, man. Oh, my apologies. I Give Cody his do. Fornicate internally. Or that one. That works too. <laughs> for now, for Lindsay, for Shannon, for Ethan, for Tanner, and for Steve and I am your Game Master Double H. Uh, stay away from the Undark. We'll see you next week. Later.